Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. In the relentless busyness of modern life, we have lost the rhythm between work and rest. These are the opening words of Wayne Muller's book, Sabbath, words that I have come back to many times over the years. In the relentless busyness of modern life, we have lost the rhythm between work and rest. We live in a culture informed by the Puritan work ethic that action and accomplishments are better than rest, that doing something, anything, is better than doing nothing. Reverend Muller, a Methodist minister, author, and spiritual director, puts it this way. He writes, Because of our desire to succeed, to meet ever-growing expectations, we do not rest. We lose our way. We miss the compass points that would show us where to go. We bypass the nourishment that would give us succor. We miss the quiet that would give us wisdom. We miss the joy and love born of effortless delight. Poisoned by this hypnotic belief that good things come only through unceasing determination and tireless effort, we can never truly rest. And for want of rest, Reverend Muller concludes, our lives are in danger. For many of us, this description of the relentless busyness rang true until about mid-March. The drastic changes to our lives under COVID-19 during the lockdown may have brought that pace to a screeching halt. With schools, offices, restaurants, gyms, and religious communities suddenly closed, time took on a different rhythm for a lot of us. Whether this rhythm was a more aimless one for those of us suddenly furloughed from work or cooped up indoors as part of a high-risk population, or a constant demand of caregiving for those raising children, or maybe a terrifying acceleration for those working on the front lines in healthcare. Whatever our situation, time may have felt different. Our relationship to busyness may have changed. Back in March, UU minister Lynn Unger wrote a poem called Pandemic that went viral, if you'll pardon the pun. It captures the energy of that abrupt, abrupt cessation of life as usual. And you may have heard it. I know we shared it at Arlington Street. It begins, What if you thought of it as Jews consider the Sabbath the most sacred of times, 
cease from travel, cease from buying and selling, give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life, center down. As we head into this next phase of life with COVID-19, whatever that may look like, deepening into the summer, the pace of life may continue to change. I commend to you the practice of taking a Sabbath, a time specifically set apart for rest, renewal, and delight. The concept of Sabbath is thousands of years old. Being raised Jewish, I know of it from a Jewish perspective as the Hebrew word Shabbat. It comes straight from chapter two of Genesis, from the story of God creating the universe in six days. The heavens and the earth and all they contain were completed. And on the seventh day, God finished doing the work of creation. And God blessed the seventh day and called it holy because on it, God rested from all the work of creation. God rested. The Hebrew text uses the verb lashevet, which in modern Hebrew means to sit down and to rest. And it's from lashevet that we get the word Shabbat, a day of rest. The anglicized word Sabbath means the same thing. You can use them interchangeably. It is right there in the Ten Commandments, the dual command to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. In Jewish practice, this has come to mean setting aside the time from just before sundown on Friday evening to just after sunset on Saturday night as a time to rest to cease from work, whether it's done or not, and make space for delight. Many early Christian traditions shifted their observance of the Sabbath to Sundays with a similar understanding of it as a day for spiritual rest and prayer. Deepening my own practice of Sabbath during this pandemic has been a godsend if you'll pardon another pun, couldn't help it. I made a commitment to attend my synagogue's Zoom Shabbat services every Friday night, right from the start of the lockdown, craving community, tradition, and something other than anxiously scrolling through Facebook and Netflix. From the time that service starts on Friday night, it is an entryway into a different kind of time. For about 25 hours, I wouldn't do any work for any of my jobs. I wouldn't check the news. I would call friends, read novels, hang out in a hammock on my balcony. And I actually purchased a hammock specifically to delight in during lockdown. And after a few weeks, this time became an anchor for me. It gave me a sense of rhythm something to look forward to, a way to not have my entire life be one big stream of trying to keep productive during a pandemic, 
or keep myself distracted from whatever I was really feeling. It was a time to connect with the quiet that gives wisdom, to be restored for whatever may come in the following week. So I invite us into a time of imagining how we might come to a Unitarian Universalist understanding of what Sabbath time could be. When I was in seminary, it blew my Jewish mind when one of my professors, Reverend Brita Gill Austern, suggested that one could carve out Sabbath time anytime, any day, if you intentionally make it a time set apart. Carving out a consistent time for Sabbath can be a powerful spiritual practice and a spiritual tool for wellness and resilience. So how do we do this and what might it look like? To start with, pick a time to set apart. It doesn't need to be a full day, but should be at least a few hours, enough to feel renewed or maybe even enough to feel bored and experience that for a bit. This time set apart in your schedule is the remember the Sabbath bit. And then figure out what will make this time special. Make it holy. Set yourself some parameters for this time. What you consciously will and won't do. Judaism has evolved a whole host of rules over the centuries about what constitutes work. Not handling money, not conducting business. In more observant communities, that includes also not using electricity, cooking, writing, using the phone, or driving. But it's not just abstentions. There's also important practice, practices that are meant to increase joy having festive meals with family and loved ones, singing, communal prayer, special time with one's partner, time for reading and learning. Why? Because by choosing to use your time differently and setting clear boundaries around this time, you are creating a container for delight. Or, as Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel put it, we create a palace in time on the Sabbath, a realm of time where the goal is not to have, but to be, not to own, but to give, not to control, but to share, not to subdue, but to be in accord. So what does ceasing from work and delighting in this time look like for you? What are the things that you want to abstain from for whatever period of time you've set aside? Checking work email, online shopping, not using specific apps on your phone that you might mindlessly turn to, not planning for the next thing. I invite us together to take a moment to brainstorm this, each for ourselves. 
You can jot things down on a piece of paper if you have one handy, or write directly into the chat. If you were to set some time apart for a Sabbath, what would you refrain from doing? What kind of work would you not do? I'll give us about a minute to think and to write. I'll keep the time. doing great. Keep going. Take a few more seconds. You can keep thinking on this. But let's look to, to the practices that bring us joy and delight. What do you consciously want to engage in during this Sabbath time? What brings you a feeling of renewal and connection? Maybe it's a more traditional spiritual practice like prayer or meditation. Maybe it's being out in nature, reading poetry or a novel listening to a sermon or a spiritual podcast, interacting with your family in a particular way or reaching out to loved ones. Go ahead and brainstorm this. It might help to think of this time as just a little sweet retreat. What would bring you joy? Take a few moments to write or to type in the chat. Go ahead. Take a few more moments. Good. And I highly recommend you keep pondering these. They make great journaling exercises and I imagine the answers will change over time. But look over some of these responses, yours and others. If these could be a fixture in your life, how would that be? Just allow yourself to be curious about that and to be willing to see what possibilities emerge. So step one, Set aside a clear block of time for rest and renewal. Step two, 
get clear on what you want to abstain from and what you want to engage in during this time. And then step three is to have some ritual to start and end your Sabbath time. It could be to light a candle, take three deep intentional breaths, read a poem, sing a song, anything that marks a transition moment. And not only do you want to signal to your brain and to your heart that this new kind of time has begun, you want to make sure you signal its end too. Whenever you're done, whether it's come to the end of the time you've set aside or you get called away, do your little closing ritual. Take a moment to thank that time for what it had to offer you and consciously re-engage with the world. And then step four is just to notice. Notice how it feels to practice Sabbath time. How it feels to be present to the moment and to the people who are dearest to you. Notice what insights come to you when you slow down, set aside the need to be productive, and focus on delight. And notice how it helps shape the way you live the other six days of the week. Does time with family or friends make us more sensitive to the needs of other human beings? Does delighting in the beauty of nature make us more sensitive to the needs of the earth? Does having taken time to reconnect with ourselves and however we understand the divine give us the renewal we need to keep on repairing the world? I close with another poem from Lynn Ungar, this one called Camus Lilies. Consider the lilies of the field, the blue banks of camas opening into acres of sky along the road. Would the longing to lie down and be washed by that beauty abate if you knew their usefulness? How the natives ground their bulbs for flower, how the settlers' hogs uprooted them, grunting in gleeful oblivion as the flowers fell? And you, what of your rushed and useful life? Imagine setting it all down, papers, plans, appointments, everything, leaving only a note. Gone to the fields to be lovely. Be back when I'm through with blooming. Even now, unneeded and uneaten, the camas lilies gaze out above the grass from their tender blue eyes. Even in sleep, your life will shine. Make no mistake, of course your work will always matter. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. My friends, may you savor your time of rest and delight. May it renew you, reconnect you, and remind you of what is most important. May you go out to the fields to be lovely. We'll see you back when you're through with blooming. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.